This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Swansea has more McDonald's and clean sheets this season, so don't forget your Muck Nuggets are closer than you think with Muck Delivery. The only thing left to say is, you in? Order now in the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app are participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for further details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome back to Swans Cast, everyone. And we are week two now of uh, the actual season. We've played three competitive matches, two in the league, one in the cup. Um, been a decent start, I would say, to... Russell Martin's time as Swansea City boss. So I've got Lee with me again today, just the two of us, Hello. but I'm sure we'll have a little bit more company in the coming weeks. But um, how have you been this week? Yeah, not bad. It's been good. We had uh, Saturday, Tuesday game. Saturday, we got another one coming Tuesday. It's all coming thick and fast. Football's yeah. well and truly back up and running now. It's nice Shame to, we uh... couldn't actually watch the game on Tuesday, wasn't it? But I'm sure we'll yeah. talk about that later. Yeah, that was annoying. Yeah, very frustrating. Um, apart, the, apart from that, though, nothing nothing really to report this week. Love yeah. Island's dialing down a bit. <laughs> hey, so, uh... hey, none of that now. None of that. <laughs> People don't want to hear Love Island. <laughs> I think I think Kaz and Tyler might win it. I got a feeling. That's my uh, that's my prediction. Well, there we are. Call him out if he's wrong, guys. But I haven't got a clue where <laughs> yeah. they are, to be honest. Um, yeah, good week ahead, though. Another, another two games. But actually... Tuesday and Friday, isn't it? So two more night games. Yeah. Um, bit weird because we had an eight o'clock Saturday night, and then you got the two midweek night games. It's like I don't know if that's planned the best. It could have been planned, especially Bristol Saturday on Friday. But we'll we'll get to that later on. Um, before we get into the video, then just a little bit of uh, sort of housekeeping stuff, if you'd like. So just in case you are new here and you don't know what we do, so we just kind of like a podcast or discussion channel for Swansea City mainly as a football team. So obviously we follow them through the season, but we also discuss some of the championship um, in general because that's the league the team is in currently. And then we do podcasts aside from the weekly videos as well, where we just want to talk about football stuff in general and have um, discussions and go in that sort of direction. So if you like that sort of content, don't forget to subscribe to the channel. It does help um, help support us with our growth. We're aiming to get to a thousand um, subscribers. That's like our first main goal, um, because that opens more opportunities then going forward, where we can continue to improve the channel in the future. And if you like the video, don't forget to leave a like, because that helps more people see each video. Um, and if you'd like to listen to us and not necessarily watch, say you're in the car or whatever, you can find us on Spotify. Just type in Swanscast, 
and it should come up. Um, we've also just recently launched um, a page on Buy Me A Coffee, which is just somewhere that if anyone does want to help us out, you can check that out and it's up to you, but we'll never ask anyone to do more than just watch the videos. That's all we really, we're doing this as a hobby basically, but um, constantly want to improve. So you can check that out if you'd like. And also, if you'd like to get involved on FanHub, we've got some codes which I do tweet out. Um, there might be some in the description of the video, but they do have a certain amount of uses. So I was always check the Twitter to make sure you get the most recent code if you want to skip the queue. Sign up to FanHub. That's where we do all of our team predictions. Um, you can watch a lot of different content for every club in the league there. And there's a couple of other activities as well. We've got league tables that you can compete against the other Swansea fans to see who's doing the best. I think I'm smashing you at the moment, Lee. My prediction, yes. He's keeping us on his toes with the prediction because <laughs> uh, he always throws a spanner in the works. I'm sort of steady on about 7 or 8 out of 11 every week. Yeah, I think I had um, 3 wrong yesterday, but then bit weird having like man in centre back and stuff but that's what we'll go on to talk about now so let's just get into the verdict then the first section of the weekly show we're going to do so the verdict is where we just look about what happened in last week in terms of the games so we had two games to talk about this week so if we start off with the um, cup tie on Tuesday briefly so we had Reading nil Swansea 3 what did you make of that game? Yeah, good. I mean, I know you can say what you want about the opposition. I know Redden made loads of changes and they basically played a, a young squad, but definitely a confidence booster for us, I think, having lost on Saturday and then picking up a good 3-0 win, whoever you're playing, it's just it's good for the confidence, isn't it? Yeah, um, I did, I did have a I look at Redden's. Well. Yeah, sorry. I was going to say, sorry. I did have a look at Redden's team and obviously they had Puskas that started. I don't know whether he's maybe coming back from an injury or something. Um, or if he's just not in the team at the moment and he's a bit of a run out. The rest of them pretty much was their like under twenty three slash under eighteen squad. Uh, yeah. They were they were very young, um a very young team. Yeah. But we it's... did discuss I think last time they've got issues with they can't get players in, they're under some sort of transfer embargo. So they're struggling. Yeah, I think so. I but again it's good for a run out, especially early on in you know cause... Martin hasn't been here that long, has he? So he just needed game time. Just the, the more games you can get under your belt at the moment, the better. And I know it's obviously, like we said, it's tough now because it's been Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. But it's great for us because we got new players coming in. Um, probably we'll have some more as well before this before the window shuts. Yeah, he's trying to play a different style. So the more games they can uh, get under their belt, the better, really. And it's, it just gives confidence to players. Like I know, by like by I didn't see all of the game, obviously, but. Um, by all accounts, like Danda played well, so good for his confidence. You know, Perot scored as well, so that's good. Do you want to uh, say anything Lattable. about Danda? Nope. <laughs> not yet, not yet. I know I should love him. Um, yeah, no. if, he, if he scores, if he scores five league goals a season, then I'll be surprised. So we'll keep a count on that. Okay, you do you. So we'll keep tabs on that. Yeah, I think there's a couple of changes to the squad for the Reading game for us. So we had Perot coming in, obviously. We were a bit confused by one in the squad for the Blackburn game. Got told that he would have a chance and he got a goal at the end of the day. He had a decent rating as well on sofa score, which is what we used to look at a lot of the stats and stuff. Um, a little bit of a surprise in terms of the selection was Latabodia playing right back. I didn't realise that he could cover that position. 
say right wing back I should say and then a back three of Cabango Norton and Brandon Cooper it was nice to see Brandon Cooper coming in making a, a start um, other than that Daniel Williams getting a run out in the centre midfield starting there alongside Grimes and like you said Jan Dander and Morgan Whitaker. and then we also got to see um, Kyle Joseph coming on for his competitive debut off the bench and Lincoln McFadden as well so um couple more youth players getting involved which is always good to see I don't know how much and I think he addressed this in one of his uh, conferences or interviews he doesn't like I don't know how much more or how many more opportunities some of the youth will get I'm sure some will but we're probably giving a little bit more out now because we don't have the players and I think he said when he gets some of the players in that he wants maybe they wouldn't have as many opportunities like yesterday's match was like half full of youth wasn't it on the bench yeah yeah, so um, especially in defence, wasn't it? We were really struggling yesterday. Yeah, so yeah, Reading then obviously they played basically a very young team, under eighteen team, more or less, and you know it was a three nil win for us, a comfortable run out. But at the same time, we didn't have any friendlies or anything under Russell Martin. So yeah, having, exactly, yeah. I'm not saying it's an easy match, but having something that's like, you know, it's not a first team against the first team. Maybe it was something helpful for implementing the style of play again his ideas across seeing other players perform on the pitch on a match day stuff like that so if you look at the actual game another game we had over 70% possessions with 73 we actually had 17 shots and 9 on target so granted like what we said with the opposition but one of the criticisms so far of Russell Martin's style has been his lack of creativity not getting much shots and stuff like that it shows that the style can provide that it's just if we can create those opportunities against better opposition is the question. Yeah, that's fair. But I mean, uh, that, that'll come though eventually. I think he said yesterday, didn't he? You've got to start, you know. He wants to start playing from the back first, doesn't he? That's his priority at the moment. So Yeah, well, you get that the style down and then... Yeah, yeah, and then you fix the rest. The vision comes, maybe you know, you take a little bit more risk sometimes with some of the passes through the lines and that opens yeah. up teams a bit more then. Stuff like yeah. that. Um, 674 passes to 224. Is, says it all. Says a lot that does. With 90% accuracy as well. So very impressive numbers, to say the least. It's mad. No fairness to him. It's mad how much has changed in just three games, really. Considering yeah. the time he's been in there. Like how much he's been able to change in that short space of time. Like the passing stats will come on to yesterday's game as well. But the passing stats in all games so far have been ridiculous. And I think yeah. I'm right in saying that we've like got most passes in the championship so far from um, the two games. I'd imagine we most... have, I believe we were top after yet yesterday. Um, yeah, specifically just yesterday, and then got a feeling we were one or, one or two last week as well. So combined, I'd imagine that we were up there. Yes, yeah, so it's, just, it's incredible that he's managed to do that so quickly with with a makeshift team as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yesterday we were top with 527, uh, QPR second with 488, and 88% accuracy yesterday put us top of the championship there as well. But that's just for game week two. Um, I just, if anyone does like looking at stuff like that, there's a good account on Twitter that I did retweet, uh, EFL stats, where they they look into a lot of these things and share the data. So um, check them out, I guess. I mean, yeah. Good, good information. Um, but yeah, there's not really too much to say on Reading. I think we didn't really get to watch the game. We can only see the highlights the same as everyone else. Unless you went up to the match, I'm sure you all enjoyed that experience. 
But like you already mentioned, I think Jan Dando was one of the standouts. I'm surprised we didn't see more of him yesterday, which we will come on to. And I think the other big takeaway here was Joel Perot. Looks like he might have worked his... If there was any issues or doubts, maybe they're not so much anymore because he was on the bench yesterday. And Lata yeah. right back as well, another big um, takeaway. Yeah. And Perot, did you see his like, messy run when he scored? He yeah. picked up on like, halfway, didn't he? Yeah. So he looks like it could be... And we say about scoring goals, if he gets fit, he may, well, he may be the answer when he gets a run of games. I've seen some people comparing him to Michu. Yeah. But um, early to tell that. on that one. That's won't, a, won't, get, won't get that excited yet. Yeah, we'll big know. boots to fill, big boots to fill. Yeah. Okay. A call. Yeah, but let's move on to Sheffield United because I think it's a bit easier to talk about it. We both watched the game, we both there. So first of all, what was it like to actually be back at the Liberty Stadium? Oh. Not a full crowd, I, but you know, decent, decent I, size. I gotta be honest. I gotta be honest. I was, I was in work on Friday, and I just couldn't contemplate that we were going back because this, what was it, like a year and a half from the West Brom game that was nil nil. I know some people got to go to um, the Barnsley home leg as well, and like I went to Wembley myself. But having a proper sort of, like a full ish crowd for a league game, oh, it, was, it was class. And I forgot how much I did actually miss it. Because it's been so long, you kind of forget, don't you? But um, yeah. when I got there and got in the ground and outside the ground, and obviously we we tend to do a bit of a pub crawl down to the stadium as well, and the pubs are full and swan shirts everywhere is class. Just to get back in there and uh, seeing faces that we haven't seen for so long as well. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and I really enjoyed it. Obviously, I only went because you you uh, you got me in. Basically, there was no tickets uh, at one point in the week, but some came available. Um, so it was yeah, great to be back, good atmosphere, very rowdy in parts, which I guess is to be expected after the break. But um, you know, yeah, I think it's definitely, I think it's definitely worse at the moment. It's definitely a bit more spicy because it's been so long. I think there's a lot of uh, things kept uh, being locked up for a, for a year and a half. Yeah, I think uh, we're going to see that a lot this season. Nothing a bit weird though in terms of the match day experience. It's not quite back to normal we didn't have any like you couldn't get anything at half time no refreshments couldn't go and have a drink at half time uh, there's definitely a missed opportunity for a pub by the liberty as well like harvester queue was insane <laughs> and you just got that empty building next door so if anyone's got you know got a bit of money they want to invest uh, definitely a good opportunity there oh yeah definitely you mean killing there yeah <laughs> but um into the game then so team selection um and what we mentioned Latibode in the last game, but he kept his slot right wing back. Surprisingly, I'm not sure the details. Did he discuss it after the match? Are you aware about Bennett and Norton not being? No, involved? I haven't seen why uh, why they were both out of the squad. Um, I've, I'm not sure. I've, I've seen bits on Twitter that they might have both had a knock, but um, nothing confirmed or concrete to sort of discuss. And that's something he's gonna have to address though with those two because it was the same last season. Like they can't play. I don't think like was Norton was bad, played. but um, yeah, but Norton played on Tuesday as well, didn't he? Saturday and Tuesday, yeah. and then like he was out completely from the squad yesterday, and Bennett played last Saturday, and he's out completely again from the squad. Yeah, today. Bennett is older than Norton, isn't he? As I know, um, I think he's like thirty-four, maybe. Yeah, something like that, isn't he? Anyway, I don't know. We'll talk about performances later, but he might struggle to get back into the team. So we had Ryan Manning starting centre back with Brandon Cooper and Ben Kabango. So Brandon Cooper had a good game against Redding, kept his place. He moved into the middle of the defence, though, which was interesting yeah. because at least experienced. 
Yeah. I thought maybe Kabango would go there, but then at the same time, if in terms of in terms of being like the centre back, but it's like he wants to play from the back, so he probably wants to put someone more comfortable with the ball at his feet. And I think Cooper showed that he's very comfortable with the ball at his feet. Um, yeah, I thought, knows where to play a pass. And I thought he was class yesterday, Brandon Cooper. I thought yeah. you know putting him in the most vulnerable position as well, especially if they want to play the way that they're trying to play in the middle of the three. I thought, oh, it's going to be hard for him, especially with, uh, you know, I thought, like, you've got, like, Brewster's pace and McGoldrick looked lively as well, but I thought, yeah, I thought he was class yesterday. And yeah. like you said, I think Bennett might struggle to get back in. This could be his breakout season, to be fair, Brandon Cooper. I thought he was class. His main well, he was unlucky sort of when he got injured thing. after we recorded from Newport in January, yeah. wasn't he? So Yeah, um, and, he did, and as you said, he definitely looks comfortable with the ball at his feet, more so than, uh, definitely more so than Cabango does. Yeah, so I did tweet about the two of them. Um, well, more more about Cooper. Um, I just said like if if you were a neutral or you didn't have any sort of knowledge prior to the match, and somebody told you one of the centre backs was making their first league start, I I think you would have probably picked Cabango over Cooper. Um, yeah. Which was credit to the job that he did last night. I thought Cabango had quite. He was definitely the the poorest out of them. Um, he did his defending well, where he where his strengths are, like in the box, uh, good head in. Um, there was some time he did hold up Brewster once or twice, but then Brewster also got past him once or twice, which arguably you'd expect with his pace advantage. But I think we'll talk about the style of play a bit more in a minute. But there's stuff I just want to discuss with Cabango and this style of play, and maybe it's not. Is this work to do? It's probably the best way to put it. Yeah, it's going to take time, isn't it? Because he yeah. obviously played a lot last year under Cooper, so there's a there's a bit that he's got to there's a lot that he's got to change his game, isn't there? So maybe you know it'll take time, as it will for for a lot of them, I think. But um, yeah, I mean, I, he, well, he, he wasn't awful, was he? But I think you can definitely tell he's not as comfortable with the ball at his feet as yeah. uh, as some of the others. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Jake Bidwell started left again, as probably expected, and Bender was in goals. Um, looks like he. I don't know if Hamer's still got COVID or still suffering or recovering, but Lewis Webb was on the bench. So, yeah, I guess as a goalkeeper, that's the worst time that you can get something like that. Like start of the season, number one jersey was up for grabs, new manager comes in, and he's yeah. not available. He's probably gutted because I just. He's probably going to. I would imagine he's just going to stick with Bender now. Whether he made that decision anyway. We'll never know, but um, I think Bender's done well. So, yeah, it's tough on Hamer, really. But um, it is what it is, I guess. Anyway, so we had Mac Grimes starting in midfield, which is again a positive sign with all the transfer rumours linked around him, alongside Flynn Downs, who we signed from Ipswich in the last week, making his debut. Jamie Patterson and Liam Cullen. I would imagine. What do we call them? Do you call them like? Um, wide attacking midfielders rather than wingers is that what the position is that they're playing yeah it was a bit of a strange setup yesterday wasn't it we sort of had low through the middle with patterson and cullen just behind them but not yeah not very wide just behind them you could see sometimes what they were trying to do where low was coming deep and those two were sort of running trying to run in behind on yeah. some occasions it's like they're both center attacking midfielders but one is left and one yeah. is right um yeah it's a bit of a it was a strange setup to I be found fair it weird that cullen was playing that role and Lowe was forward, rather than maybe Lowe being behind yeah. Cullen. 
but yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's a reason for it. I trust Russell Martin knows what he's doing. It's the same with um, it's the same with Latibodia though. You'd think like you'd play Manning on the wing, and play Latibodia centre half rather than yeah. having him on the wing. But even um, and even, it worked. It worked. Even in this setup, like in the past, Bidwell has gone centre back and Manning would go left. Yeah, so, but, but he's obviously well. Manning had man of the match yesterday from Sky, didn't he? And I thought he was good, and he did play well in that in that back three. Yeah, um, Manning did have a really good game. So um, the game ended nil nil. So there's not any goals to talk dying. about. I'm, I'm dying for a goal because the last game of the stadium before COVID was nil nil against West Brom. I went to the playoff final. We didn't score. We didn't score yesterday. We just gasping to celebrate a goal yeah. at the stadium. Again. There were a few nervy moments though. I think that we can talk about in terms of like highlights of opportunities or like standout moments in the game. So the first one was um, Bender. Oh. On the ball, I think I one of the defenders has played it back to him, and he needs to either if you play in a certain way, you need to move it on first time. I think in this situation, but he takes a yeah. touch, he takes another touch, and McGoldrick is running in and manages to block the the pass that eventually came. I think it ended up going out for corner, but it was like very close to the goal. This block yeah. um, could have ended up a lot worse, so. Got away with one, but at the same time, oh, oh you got to remember, and Russell Martin addressed this last week after he gave the penalty away, he's never going to criticise criticise them for playing the way that he wants them to and doing what he's asking of yeah, them. So as much as Bender maybe needs to think a little bit more, act a bit quicker in that situation, which I'm sure he will, it's his second game, second start. He said, uh, he said the same yesterday after the game as well, Russell Martin. He said... Uh, um, I think one of the Sky pundits said that um, when the game was on, they're sort of around the dugout area, yeah. and they said like when like Bender was making a mistake or stuff like that, like the the bench were not no no criticism. They were calm. They were they were fine. And and Russell Martin said, well, yeah, that's you know, I'm not going to criticise him because that's the way I want him to play. Like the confidence yeah. has got to come from the coaching staff, really, isn't it? And yeah, that's exactly. sort of getting onto the pitch to him. So I I quite I quite like it. I do. No, that yeah, We've been lucky not to like. Well, we did technically concede from a mistake to me with the penalty last week, but we didn't yesterday. There was a few nervy moments, but I'm quite happy that he's going to persist with it. Yeah, like look, compared to Black, Blackburn, there was a less nervy moments playing over the back. Um, Blackburn yeah. had about eight shots or something on target, or, or maybe not all on target, but um, eight to ten shots where they took the possession off us, counterattacked, and had a chance. I, I said that start last week where six of Bender's saves were within 10 seconds of us losing possession, but that didn't yeah. happen as much yesterday. So there was this one moment that was a bit nervy, but it was definitely progression. And I think what's important to remember, and the only reason I brought it up really was because, yeah, it's not necessarily always the easiest to watch when stuff like that happens, and it is nervy. And sometimes you think in your head, like, oh, maybe we do need to just clear our lines in situations like that, and, you know, time and a place and all that sort of thing, which is fine if that's what you think. And... I'm not saying I agree or disagree with that. That's um, everyone sees the game a different way, but the the point is, the manager's asking him to do these things, to play this way, to take them risks. And when he does make a mistake, it's because he's doing what the manager's asked. Like he's learning to do it. What I mean, this is not like it's him necessarily doing bad decision making because the manager doesn't want him to hoof it upfield. So when he does get closed down. That's the instructions he's being told is to play it off from the back. So not to jump on necessarily like in the future if this happens and it leads to a goal, 
we shouldn't be jumping on Bender's back necessarily because that's literally what they're being told to do, isn't it? And that's a question then is where like is that right from Martin to say like all the time we're playing it out from the back, or should he be saying when you're that much under pressure, just get rid of it? That's a different question then. I don't think it's necessarily like Ra Bender should have got rid of that. To get me? Yeah, yeah, no, I know what you mean. But like sometimes like the the one where McGoldrick slides in and tackles him, like he has got Cabango there to get yeah. it out quicker. But what I noticed more so yesterday was like if you want to play out from the back like that, which is fine, which is what we all like, you know, we all want to see that. It'll be great when it comes off. But but it, the onus is on the players around him to make space because what I was finding was like Brandon Cooper was dropping in to offer Bender an option to pass to him, but nobody else sort of drops in. So if someone goes and closes down yeah. Brandon Cooper, he's got nowhere to go. He's got the ball and he has no one to pass to. I yeah. noticed like Cabango wasn't dropping in. Manning was pushing out a little bit, probably naturally because he's a left back. And then... You may be relying on like Grimes to have a late run in to come and take it off the keeper. But I noticed that there were some times where he did have no options to pass it to. And the onus is on the players that he has at least three or four options to pass to so they can move it out quicker. Yeah, no, that's right as well. So it's not always his fault. You're kind of yeah. putting the ball in the goalkeeper's feet and then you're saying, right, find a pass, but there's nobody there. Yeah, and that's, that's again added to my point really. What I'm yeah. saying is it's not... One day that is probably going to result... Like Woodman had a goal conceded against Bristol last season when he dilly-dallied on the ball too much and they went in as a result of yeah. it. Very likely it might happen again to Bender this year and I'm just saying it's not necessarily fully like right, that's it, that's Bender's fault, let's let's go and hound him on social media. There's obviously a lot more to it. There's like should the manager be looking at the pressure in that situation a different way? The players need to give more options. The stuff, stuff that is contributing to yeah. Yeah, and what can help us improve in those situations. But yeah, he could have passed it out quicker yesterday. But um, it's all part of the learning experience. It is two league games in at the, at yeah. the end of the day. I mean, it's so early on as well. I mean, I quite I quite like it at the moment. You know, you may feel different if it's still like that, you know, halfway through the season and we need points and stuff. You might be like, oh my God, like this is really starting to get on my nerves. But it's going to get better. I'm quite confident saying that it's, go- it's going to get better. And I quite like it. I, I got to be honest, I quite like Bender's confidence. He's almost arrogant. Yeah, and he's like literally his, his, his first, like... Yeah, I, I got a lot of time for it. He's Like, sometimes he comes out, doesn't he? Like, when you think, why the hell is he coming out? I've he seen someone saying, out, like, someone was kicking off on Twitter, being like, oh, you're not Neuer, get back in your box. Yeah, but, like, he's but got he is that... Human. Maybe Neuer's his idol. You, yeah, like, but maybe be... that's why he's picked him, because he's got that edge. You can see, even when he makes a mistake, he's not, you know... Yeah. He doesn't even say, like, stopper. oh... Yeah, and he doesn't even say like, "Oh, sorry," like, "Oh, sorry, I made a mistake." He's just, oh, let's just get, let's just get on with it. He's always got a bit of a swagger, isn't he? I quite, I like him. I do. Yeah, a tall keeper. Like he's him. quite intimidating in the one-on-one, and he's a good shot stopper. And he proved that later in a match when McGoldrick was through on goal, put through actually oh. by Ollie McBurney, um, a one-on-one, and that should be a goal. That should that was be a, a crack in save. That was and, yeah, and a crack in save. He rushes out to McGoldrick and manages to dive because McGoldrick tries to put it around him. And puts it out, tips it, literally fingertips it, just wide of the post. Um, he didn't know at the time the offside flag actually came to the rescue anyway. However, we've just watched the match before we done. We watched the highlights before we done this uh, podcast, and it was not offside. That was not yeah, offside. I, so if I that had gone in, there would have been questions after the match because yeah. I didn't think he was off at the time because I was kind of in line with that. And when it was played through, I was like, he's onside. I, my yeah. first reaction, and then when I watched it back, he was. 
onside, but in all fairness, it didn't matter anyway because that yeah. he made a crack into. So Jake Bidwell basically played them onside. Um, yeah. Played him onside. He was the only one, but surprising because Bidwell spent. He was our second furthest forward player on the heat map after Jamal Lowe, which is crazy. Oh, this one thing I wanted to talk about, like you could see what he did in like the first sort of fifteen minutes of the first half and the fifth, the first fifteen minutes of the second half. Ladabodier and Bidwell were higher up than Cullen and Patterson. They were on the halfway with Lowe. It was like a front yeah. three, and, and when, he persisted when, with it yeah, as well. When we broke, then the two wing wing backs would go wide, and the other guys would cut inside. Yeah, I think I was finding. I couldn't um, believe how high up they were, though, and they were persisting with it, even when like we lost the ball. They weren't, they weren't getting very far back either. But that was sort of the first ten, fifteen minutes of each half, and then he did sort of drop them back then a little bit into more of a wing back position. Yeah, I think um, what it's going to be like going forward is the two centre backs are going to cover each side. Yeah. So I think they well, did that well yesterday, but um, they're not going to get too far forward. Two, I said centre backs. I meant centre midfielders. Sorry. Um, so like Grimes yeah. and Downs yesterday, like yeah. Bidwell and Latterbord are pushing on. They're gonna maybe in the centre of the pitch, but they will be a little bit deeper. So if the the ball does change, the counters on there, they're able to sort of cover. Yeah, I mean, again, again, it's yeah. I take words out of Martin's mouth again. He said, uh, you know, we're two weeks into a process, so it's yeah. all just ev- no. Everybody's fitting into the new roles, aren't they? But. I'm quite excited. I really enjoyed the performance yesterday, even though it was nil-nil. I know people will say, you know, we didn't create much in the final third, which is fair because we didn't, but that's going to come, isn't it? You're looking for combinations of players. He probably still doesn't know his proper start in 11 yet, and players are still going to come in in the transfer window. So we're not actually going to see the full sort of process probably until like October, November time, yeah, where he's got like the combinations that he wants. And this is what I said. I said to make a judgment on how this is going at Christmas time. Um, and yeah. the best judgment is going to be the first half of the season. End it there. C- compare the second half of the season. Is there a progress? Are we getting more points for that half of the season? That's where the real signs are going to show. And you know you've got to give it the time. At the end of the day, it's not you can't you can't decide yet. It's it's too soon. A couple of other highlights then. So there's not really we didn't have an awful lot of opportunity to talk about Sheffield as much as they had the best chances. Nothing massively significant. Well, it was only the it was only the the McGoldrick one where he was onside and Bender saved, and then he had a he had the header in the second half that he was stretching for yeah. backwards. But apart from that, they didn't they have many chances, chances like from edge of the box in the first half, which they yeah. didn't get on target. Um, they didn't yeah. really test Bender. I think the only time they tested Bender was was that one, which was offside in the end. That's what I would. The only one yeah, I said really tested the goalkeeper. Not saying we tested the keeper either, because we didn't. Nah, we but didn't. Um, uh, in terms of the players then, so Brandon Cooper, I want to highlight him because, you know, his first league start for us, a long time coming, but I can't see how he now gets dropped because I know everyone's raving over Ryan Manning and he had a really good game, but I thought Cooper was the best of the back three for me. And yeah. there's a reason. the reasons for that is like, you got to think of the experience, you know, the the context of it. He's coming in. He's in the middle of the three. He's the he's the youngster there. It's his first league start for the club, and it's against Sheffield United, who the squad that played for Sheffield United started in the Premier League last year. Like every single yeah. one of them, I think. Yeah, crap. Yeah, I forgot I how good their squad any, was. No new signings there, is there? 
I know, not, not that I can think of, but they didn't lose anybody either, did they? One their squad, player, I but I don't even know who that was. I forgot how good their squad was yesterday when I seen the starting lineup and yeah, the players coming Alexander off the Burge is like, I don't know how he's still there. We know all about their strikers because, you know, we would love to have two of them back at the club. There's, there's quality all over the pitch there. Um, so Brandon Cooper, though, fantastic. Like, in terms of this new style of play, it looks like he is the one that is going to allow us to play from the back the best and yeah. it's so weird to say that because he's the one coming into the team from the youth academy and he's he literally looked, the most comfortable on the ball um he was he, running he out with a ball at his feet he's playing yeah. like long balls when needed to up to bidwell quite often and they were really good quality he would drive through the middle if we were like halfway line for example he would sometimes run up with a ball um he's always offering himself to the goalkeeper he was always offering himself to the other two center backs when they weren't really sure where to go um, I just thought very composed, very cool, very. It looked like he was experienced, like I said, more so than Cabango. And in regards to like later on in the match as well, McBurney came on, and McBurney was his usually self, usual self, being a bit of a bully. They had a bit of, um, you know, bit of handbags, if you like. I'm sure there was an elbow in there from Brandon Cooper. I'll be honest, I'm sure he elbowed McBurney in the face, and the ref didn't see it. McBurney was like, outraged by it. I could see his reaction and. Fair play. I mean, like you don't expect that's us, like Bonucci or Cellini in the uh, Euros sort of defending, and they get away with something like that. I, uh, uh, yeah, I was really impressed with him. He's so confident, like beyond his years, to be fair. But that's probably come from, again, coming from the coach and the team, just getting that confidence into the players because he was class. And I don't know what he did to McBurney, but he wasn't on that long, McBurney. But his head was gone. He was all over the place, sulking. Yeah. You know, push it around. Him, and he... Didn't he? Like they, they had like a bit of an argument, or a bit of after. Yeah, and... I, I, I don't really know what happened. Cooper was sort of getting ready to take the free kick in the corner, and McBurney just ran up to him and pushed him. So he definitely got into his head. Was he like saying time wasted or something? Uh, no, it wasn't because like Danda was coming onto the pitch at the time, so the sub was still coming on, and he went over and just pushed yeah, him. Maybe while... they were saying some. Uh... I don't know, a little bit in each other's year there, but I, I could see that? like McBurney definitely lost his head, which I was surprised at. He de- he just he couldn't get in the game. I think that frustrated. He probably wanted to score, didn't he, against his former club? And he wouldn't get anything. He didn't get a look in. I actually pulled up his stats um, yesterday when I got him. He was on for thirty-one minutes and he only touched the ball eleven times. Fifty percent pass and accuracy, three out of six six passes. He did play that one key pass, which was the one through to McGoldrick, which was offside. Um, and he won pretty much all of his headers, bar two. But other than that, possession lost six times. He only touched the ball eleven times, and he lost the ball six of them. Like he didn't have a good game when he came on. No, I think there was an element there. I, I, I think though, would they have played together in the under twenty threes, Cooper and I think Capri, or is he a bit younger? He might be a little bit younger, or mm, I don't know, because you had like Keston Davis and yeah, yeah. I know I didn't. Ian Harry's as well would have been in there as well. But I was thinking like he would have known him though. He would have been around like the yeah the academy. I was just I was just hoping that there was something there that maybe they didn't get on when they were in the academy or something, and there was a bit of but I I, probably not. I suspect. Well, it might have been might have been like something. Who knows? But there was definitely something there. But I I'm gonna say it. I think Brandon Cooper had McBurney in his pocket. I, I, yeah, he did. Yeah, I think he did. Um, I know you want to talk about Ryan Manning. You thought you, yeah, you I just, well. I just thought he was class. I, I, I agree. I think Cooper was good as well, and it was fifty-fifty for me for Man of the Match. But I would have edged it to Manning, especially in the last. He, he was comfortable playing out of position. He played really well, but especially in the last sort of twenty minutes, some of the tackles he made 
like in key positions, like sort of in and around the box, and you're thinking like, oh, don't dive in and give away a penalty. Um, oh, you just you put so many good tackles in, like just taking the ball cleanly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just thought he was really good in he that was... channel, in between him and Brandon Cooper. Um, I just thought he was brilliant. Yeah, he was. The, really good. the only thing I would say that I did notice a couple of times, he needs to like, and, and it's 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 fair enough because he's not a centre back, he don't really play there. But uh, when Cooper might have been like. Bit under pressure, needs to look at like where can I play the ball. He's there yeah. on the left, but he needs to go more more to the line because like there'll be someone in the yeah. way. And it was one time where Cooper tried passing it to him and it got intercepted. But it's because yeah. Manning not going as wide as what he could, stretch the pitch out as much as you can to allow them passes. But yeah. that's just a positional thing. Where I'm sure. Yeah, that, we, that will come. we touched but, on that. Don't we about having options? If you want yeah. to play out from the back, you've got to make the angles for them to get it out, and you've got to have the options there so someone can pick up the ball and find someone straight away to get out. Um, I noticed yesterday as well, sorry, cause just because you reminded me. So you see so much more when you're in the ground and you can sort of see what's yeah. going on. But I get why he wants to play out from the back like persistently because if there was occasions where we were just sort of pumping it forward, it's so much so much more pressure on you because the ball's just coming back all the time. You you hoof it up, they're coming back at you. You hoof it away, yeah, they're coming and, back and at you, and it's relentless. Patterson, Lower Cullen probably aren't going to win the ball either. No, but it's just like it is a way of easing pressure in a way. Even though obviously some of the moments are a bit nervy, but um, it is easing pressure because if yeah. you've got a team that's coming at you a bit and you're keeping the ball, as soon as you play through that first line, often back. there's a bit of space and you can push them back, yeah. and all of a sudden they are the ones on the yeah. back foot. And that's yeah. that's literally the style of play, isn't it? And the best example of that comes from under Potter, where you know the goal against the two actually there's the one against oh, Ipswich stretch, where yeah. Selena scores, where we literally played out the corner, and then the one against Man City where Selena scores. Yeah, and that's that's exact that's exactly what he's trying to do, isn't it? Yeah. I will say though, I don't I know like we've played football in the past, but I haven't seen a commitment to making sure we play out from the goalkeeper as much as uh, as much as this, in all fairness. It's a bit more uh, you know, he's got a bit more sort of uh, focus yeah. on that. I know we've played very good football in the past, but I mean like we used to have the Ashley Williams diagonal ball than we every game every so often where yeah. he would like to do them, but this that's seems to be more of a... know what to do, I think. Yeah, the Ashley Williams ball to Nathan Dyer was the was the the favourite one, and we could guarantee it every week. Um, but yeah, I think this time more so we're we're going we're gonna to be playing out from the goalkeeper so much more. Yeah, that's good to be fair. So yeah, Manning really good game. Like I said earlier, I thought yeah. him and Bidwell would have been the other way around. Um, yeah. Can't really argue against how they set up. I think if that was the case, maybe Manning's a bit better going forward. I think. Um, you know, he, he tends to have a little bit more shot sometimes, and could have um could have swapped them in the game, couldn't he? Could have yeah. sort of. But, uh, I don't know where going forward. We'll talk a little bit more about Bidwell a bit later and some news that we got, but um, maybe there's more to it there. And for me, the other defender then Kabango, just quickly, I just wanted to say, like, I'm sure he will learn, but for me, he's the out of those three though today. I think Bennett as well as another one has, needs to have some ad- adaption to this style of play. Um, but Kabango as well, like. He definitely struggles more than the others with the ball at his feet. He's a bit slower in terms of his decision making. I think he's a bit slower in general as well with like his, his pace. He's not the quickest, but you know he's a tall defender and he does his defending really well, heading up from the box and tackling and stopping the ball coming through. But when we're playing around the back, and I'm sure they picked up on it, they were on him straight away. Like Brewster was on him straight away, and a couple of times he lost the ball. There was one time he lost the ball and Brewster actually got in. Um, yeah, actually managed to yeah. cover it off well enough yeah. before anything more came of it. Um, but you can see, as soon as he's lost the ball to Brewster, there's no way 
Kabango can catch back up to him. If his body's in the way, he can use his strength, but if Bruce has passed him, that's it, it's game over. Um, but for me, I think like he needs to work a little bit maybe on his one-touch passing, so when he's under pressure, he can't always take that one touch he needs to, to then play the pass, because that was causing the problem. Um, and the other thing, he doesn't look up as much. He, like Quite often, Cooper will pass it to him, and he'll just pass it straight back to Cooper. And Latabodia was in eight gives of space so many times on the right hand oh, side. Yeah. He's just not lifting he his head up and having a look. Like, and and I'm guessing it's just the ad- adaptation to this style of play because the other side, man, like it would go to Manning, it would go to Bidwell, it would come back to Manning, and that was happening all the time. You get to yeah. Gabango, and it just it seemed to never, very often get to Latabodia um, yeah, as much agree. as as it got to Bidwell, which yeah. Yeah, I, I think further forward, well. Latibody was more involved. He was he was definitely involved in some triangles up with Cullen and Downs up further up the pitch, but um less involved when he was coming from Cabango directly. I think I think he got better the second half. So maybe Russell Martin said to him at half time, but that's definitely something I picked up on. Yeah, yeah, I'd go with that. That's fair enough. Yeah, because there's just times we're stuck in a Latibody, yeah, and then just uh, acres of space, but never seemed to find him, like you said. Yeah. So. Maybe that is something he's picked up on on the right side of that that back three. But um, I think overall, pretty happy. Yeah. Was there uh, was there anyone else who ended up? Like, I don't know any... detail on all of them. Uh, a couple of brief things, and then probably I want to talk a bit more about the midfield. But I thought Jamal Lowe, um he was making some good runs. He had some good movement. I thought it's clear to me that Russell Martin's asking our forwards to play on the line of the defence, so he's yeah. literally sitting on that front line. Um, but at the same time, because that's the way he's playing, we couldn't get him in the game yesterday. He only had 14 touches of the ball. Yeah, it was quite uh, Which isn't a criticism of him, because I thought he had a good game, and he was making good runs, he was making space for others. But that's something that we need to work on, and that's probably what part of the problem is with our attack. We can't get that forward player in. The same happened when Perot came on. He hardly had a touch of the ball, um, and he couldn't get involved. So... There's something to work on there. He's clearly not. He doesn't want him dropping back. It's quite clear to see that he wants him on that the edge of the line. And there was just before Jamalo got subbed, one ball actually got played through, which is probably yeah. something they want to do more of. Um, and he was perhaps a bit unlucky not to get a goal out of that. Um, yeah, yeah. So that was just a low. Um, I think some people were saying he won't do enough, but for me, like that's what he's been asked to do. So, he was playing solely against like a back three, though, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, well, no, they had back times. four, but um, I don't know if yeah. was dropping in as well. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Like the the defensive midfielder, there was just him and the three defenders a lot of the times. Um, so he was a bit isolated. Yeah. Um, I think with Patterson, I think he looks quite lively actually. Um, maybe yeah. he could take on his man a little bit more on the outside rather than he seems to cut in quite a lot. But then it comes back to what I said earlier. They got the wing backs going wide, and they're asking these guys to cut in a bit more. But um, I think he's been a good signing for a free transfer. We can't really complain with what he's he's brought to the table so far. Yeah, I thought he looked lively yesterday. Definitely looked yeah. good on the ball. I thought Cullen was probably the quietest, um, especially out of the attack. I don't uh, know I just... if that's his right position. I uh, just didn't think maybe Jan Dander would have been better starting. I'll be honest, especially in that role. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I th- I don't think I don't think Cullen can play in that role. I think. He is a he's just a nine by trade, isn't he? I don't think he seemed uncomfortable as well in the sense that rather than sort of playing in that channel where he is on either side of low, um, we saw Patterson in the first half sort of getting in. 
behind and trying to get some crosses in, maybe just on the edge of the box. Yeah. But with Cullen, when he was picking up the ball, he was always back to goal and sort of going backwards and passing it back into the midfield then rather than looking to get in behind. So he yeah. definitely didn't, for me, he didn't look comfortable in there. I think Patterson is probably out of the... Like, he actually... It's nice to see someone pick the ball up and actually want to try and run. Yeah. I feel like he does do that, uh, which we haven't necessarily seen a lot of in the last couple of seasons, I would say. Um, but yeah, so... I don't know. <clears throat> I think he's still working out his best team, isn't he? So, one sec. <clears throat> Sorry. Whether Whitaker or, or Dando would have been a better shout for Cullen, I think. For me, I, I think so. But we'll see now going into Stoke, whether he changes things there. And then I just want to say about Downs, obviously very strong, solid debut. I think that's a very good addition to midfield. Arguably, considering the midfield that we had last season, right? So Horahan's gone. He's essentially come in if it stays as it is. Maybe he's a better fit for the system. I'm not saying he might not be a better overall player or better quality. Who knows? In there, that's not for me to necessarily say, especially after one appearance. But from what I saw, he might fit the team better. I I thought he was good yesterday coming into his debut. I thought yeah. he was good. We I thought he played really well. Him and Grimes together. Yeah. And let's not forget we'll we'll talk about Grimes later as well. But if if we somehow manage to keep Grimes in there and you've got Downs as well and Fulton to come back in. And Corey Smith, um, you know, it's looking a lot more healthier than it was when we did the first video of the season, when we were really sort of worried about our, um, you know, midfield yeah. options. But the whole keeping Grimes thing, I think, is key, and that is oh, yeah. the pendulum swings massively massive. based on yeah. that. Uh, but very good forms of Downs, ninety percent pass and accuracy on his first appearance, so strong out and in midfield, and he played ninety minutes as well, considering he's been training with the Ipswich under twenty threes or all summer and pre-season. Uh, but yeah, Matt Grimes, for me, I thought I thought Grimes was man of the match because he did so much work yesterday. He was everywhere on the pitch. Like, I just think if he's not there, it's so, it would be so noticeable that, yeah. that he's not there. Every single player on that pitch was looking for him to get an attack going. They were all looking for him to play the ball to, to try and get something going. Uh, he was coming to the defence, picking it up. He was trying to spray it forward. He was on the left, trying to pick it up. On the right, trying to pick it up. And and he looks very, very interested. Like considering he the does, player yeah. that's heavily linked with going, he looks so interested. There was one vital clearance as well on McGoldrick, who was just oh yeah, volley. I was just going to say that. Yeah, smash the ball into the goal. The goal. Yeah, I, I it was on his foot, wasn't it? Yeah, he goes for a header, misses the header, and as he's landing, has the instinct to just like kick the ball away. And considering earlier on he'd already got booked for a high foot. I yeah, mean, I, was, I, I don't I even think that, that was a booking, I'll be honest. He got the ball completely. Oh, no chance. No and then chance. it was a bit of afters, but like, what, so you can't go for a bouncing ball anymore, is it? But anyway. Yeah, he won the ball. He, win, he wins the ball. I know. That was <laughs> never a booking. But, um, nah, yeah, so I just thought Grimes was outstanding. And I think because some people say he was really good, other people still just don't think he really we offered had... that much. And I think it's the sort of player that People will not realise how much he does until he's gone or he's not there. And that's yeah, always going to be right. the case. Spot on. We had this issue last year, though, where we were saying... But we were picking out like the bits that he was doing where a lot of the attacks start with him. He wins so much ball in yeah. that pocket. Like we said, even though he's not tall, he doesn't, he doesn't necessarily win headers, but he does enough to put people off, which then allows someone in to come and win the ball, or he wins the ball himself. Um, and we said it last year, you 
he is just that player that like kind of needs to go for him to like to be valued of what we're missing. Yeah. And well, I just think he's class. Ninety-four touches and a ninety-five percent passing accuracy. Like, I mean, when Leon Britton pulled them numbers out, everyone loved it. Exactly, just, and I know like you, you said it. You said it last season, and nobody wants to admit it. But if we're going to play this playing style, he is the Leon Britton that we need in that. I don't. In that I, I think. Yeah, I don't think there's. I honestly don't think there's. People don't like it when you compare them, but I think yeah. you can compare them. I don't think I do we've seen well. any player since Britain's retired or, or not been in the squad that does that role as well as what Britain does. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I and, totally and agree. And I with think as, as Britain was an amazing player for us, he was really good, right? But I think sometimes just because of that nostalgia, people don't want to ever compare yeah. anyone to that. And, and I get that. I'm not I saying mean, you know, Grimes is better but... or as good. We're in the Championship. Britain was doing this in the Premier League. That's a different ball game. But he is the successor, I I think. He's he's a, we wanted other people. We had Shelby, we had Jack Cork. Um never quite was the same. We got Messer in, I guess. You'd argue maybe with the same sort of role. But Grimes is standing now, this is his fourth season where he's he's gonna be doing this role. Under Cooper was slightly different. And the people that criticised him under Cooper last year, um, saying he doesn't get involved, don't do enough. Well, now he's got a different manager asking to play this passing football again. He's literally posting the numbers to show we can do what you were criticising him for last year, and he's doing it now. And he is getting us going forward. He is picking his head up and moving the ball forwards, not always backwards pass, which is something else people like to mention. Um, I, I just think if we can keep him, you know, we predicted where we would finish this season. I would even, from what I've seen so far, and if we can keep Grimes. I'd be. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if our prediction is lower than where we actually end up. I'm not saying playoffs, but yeah, yeah. I agree. I think uh, that's yeah, the impact. I, I haven't got much to add on that. Really, young Grimes. I can't sing his praises enough at the moment, especially over the last two seasons. He done it under Porter from left back, in you know, and going into midfield, and then he was doing the same thing under Cooper, where we did score some good goals. And I always pick out the one against Millwall where we went like the length of the field. I think he touches the ball like three or four times in that move, which doesn't get noticed. And in fact, he wins the ball at the start of it, plays it out. The play goes on, he gets it back. He gets it back again, he plays yeah. another pass. And then we go on and score the good goal. And that just doesn't get noticed. Yeah. No, he was he was great last night. I, I, I really enjoy watching him play, actually, and looking for the ball. Yeah. And the one-two, yeah. he plays around the corner. Someone moves he moves himself as it back. Plays. I just think I think he's, he's definitely what makes us tick at the moment. And... Maybe Downs is what his replacement is if he goes, but I hope he doesn't go, to be honest, because I think we'd struggle to replace him. Anyway, anything else on this game? We've talked about it for a while. I mean, it's the first yeah, one we've been to since forever, yeah. so it's understandable that we've had a lot to say. Hope, hope yeah. people are still listening, I guess. I, and I enjoyed it. I, I just think I'm buzzing after the after the, the week, really, after the week of Blackburn and uh, Redden and Sheffield. You know, one win, one draw, and one loss. Yeah. But I'm I'm quite happy with it. What I've seen so far, I'm quite excited actually. Yeah, same. I'm quite excited, and we got another two matches this week to look forward to. Um, Stoke midweek. So if you're home, if 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 you're able to go, even it's at home. So get down the stadium. Another night, well, another two night games this week actually, and then another Friday night uh, away at Bristol. So whoever whoever decided that in the fixture list, um, 
That's well, going to be absolutely interesting, interesting decision in on Friday night. That is just going to be carnage. I'm sure the piece are looking forward to it as well. Well, the last, I'm surprised it's not a bubble trip because the last two like away games in Bristol, well, obviously, like you know, yeah, they before COVID, twelve o'clock didn't they? Because it was at carnage. No, I well, I went to the one early on in Cooper season. I Bidwell got sent off to me, and it was nil nil. And there's just this <laughs> behind there when you leave Bristol, when you leave Ashton Gate behind, there's like a park. And every time I've been to Bristol, there's always carnage in that park after the game. Always. Yeah. So Friday night, yeah. And I, as we said, I think it's definitely going to be more tasty. I haven't seen that yesterday um, because it's been so long. And you saw like Manu and Leeds fans as well kicking off to new. And I think just because of the length of time, I think everybody's got a lot of uh, stored up energy. So I, yeah. That's going to be rocking on Friday night. Yeah. Well, let's move on anyway. Before we discuss the pre-match for those two games, um, which we probably won't spend as long on because it's just looking at the team really and what we think might change. Um, Let's have a look at the word on Wine Street then. So this is the section where we're just looking at any news from the past week um, to discuss basically and keep everyone informed of what might be going on. Probably a little bit more at this time of year than there might be you know, out of the transfer window. But we've got some things to talk about. We just mentioned Grimes and how important he is to Swansea. And Planet Swans are reporting Grimes is looking to set sorry, Grimes looking set to extend his Swansea stay um with the club moving closer on a contract extension. I don't know that, how that will, in the know they massive. might be, but I'm sure they've had a good record they had a good record in re- regards to they said about Cooper going, didn't they, before he actually yeah, went, yeah. like within yeah. two weeks, and people were questioning him, like, what are you on about? And then it happened. Yeah, they so. did. Yeah, they did. Um, but that would be absolutely massive. And I, I'm being optimistic here, but you don't know if sometimes um, maybe there was a little bit of interest from Fulham, and then you don't know if, you know, agent and player sort of leverage a bit of speculation to yeah. get a new contract. Um maybe. Um, I'm hoping that's the case, but I wouldn't be surprised if there was actually a lot of interest in him. Yeah. Um, the way that I, I see this is, um, and by the way, Russell Martin has confirmed that there is, I think the words he used were, um, you know, discussions are happening behind the scenes to see if what we can do in regards to keeping him, or like the relevant people are in talks, or something like that, he said. He said there's definitely like talks going on, and it does make sense because he started him in like every game. Um He's, he's kept him as captain, so he must be confident that he can. I was going to say he must have he must have an idea that he might stay at least. There's got to be a chance for him to be playing him ninety minutes in all three games. Yeah. Um, and, well, I don't know if he came off against Tuesday, but he started, didn't he? Um, but having putting the captaincy on him, um, I don't know. Yeah, that's looking good. But I'm trying to, don't want to get too excited because no, I don't want to. You know what it's like, yeah. Two weeks time now, when transfer windows end, if he's still yeah. here, then get excited. But um, what excited. I was going to say is, for me, like you said about agent drumming up interest, I think that might have been the case. Um, but by all accounts, from what I've heard from people I speak to that maybe you know have some sources, I can't really say. But um, he was basically going, which was one of the reasons why Cooper didn't want to stay at all. Like, final nail in the coffin, if you like, with Cooper. There probably was a lot more going on there. Cooper obviously considered him one of his best players. He was his captain. He was, he's the one who made him captain of the club. So, you know, Grimes was one of his main men. Um, yeah. Grimes 
it very much looked like was interested in leaving and wanted to go. And Cooper wasn't happy with that. He wasn't happy with the fact that he hadn't been offered a new, or managed to get him a new contract, or they hadn't tried hard enough to get him a new contract. Whatever his views were, one of the reasons why he's gone. However, I'm thinking, was Cooper one of the reasons why Grimes maybe wanted to go? That's a yeah, well, that's a massive, massive, massive call, isn't it? Because, because you don't know. Well, all the well, signs since have sort of led me to think that way. Because, like, all of a sudden, Cooper's not here anymore. As soon as Cooper went, it all went quiet about him going. I know he had COVID, but it literally all went quiet about him going. We we did that video where we, we had a rant about the fact that we were letting him go on the cheap, yeah? Which probably looks yeah. a bit silly if he doesn't end up going, but whatever. That's what was happening at the time. Um, so we had a bit of a rant about the club not keeping him and not trying to keep him and him being so important to us and we should be getting more for him. But it all went quiet after that. Cooper's gone. It all went quiet. Um, Russell Martin's come in. He's obviously spoke very highly of Grimes. They've had conversations. All of a sudden, they're entering contract talks now. Yeah. And well, he's, say, he's yeah, saying he loves a year. He knows what he's got as a club. Him and his partner are settled. They love living in Swansea. It's all the stuff that Russell Martin said. And he's fully aware of what he's got um, as a player in the club. That's the words he yeah. used. We don't know if... Um... You know, as well, like, uh, if Russell Martin's come in and he's seen the way that he's trying to play football and obviously he's probably given him the assurance that he wants him in there and be yeah. part of it, be captain, be the main man in that role, that he might just, you know, like you said, maybe he wasn't enjoying the football as much under Cooper and thought, I want to try and, you know, push on and play the football that I want to play, which is probably at the stage of the career where he wants to do that. Um, yeah, and that, that was going to be my other point. Like he did well under Potter. Maybe Cooper he had two years there. They did did well in terms of results, but maybe he's not enjoyed it as much. Maybe he's like he thinks he can be doing more as a player. Russell Martin's come in. He's seen this style. Like we mentioned earlier, he looks very invested and interested the way he's playing. Um, it's not like he's sulking or anything. Like some players, like Downs, actually did our Ipswich. Their heads go after a bit of interest and. Like last season, Downs basically, you know, as much as he was one of their main men before, last season wasn't great for him because yeah. there was interest, I think, from the Premier League um, before. But he hasn't done any of that. And all of a sudden, he just looks a bit even more revitalised, if anything. And just, yeah, I don't know. I just think, I think maybe it's just part of something that there might be more behind the scenes with the whole Cooper thing. And I have heard people mention, I put this out on Twitter, and they were saying, like, it was quite noticeable that Woodman was the only one that had a message for Cooper when he left. Um, yeah, no, I saw that. None of the other yeah. said anything. Yeah. Connor Roberts posted something smirking or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe the, maybe they, there was a bit of, like, unrest. We said things changed after January. We said, like, the playoff final seemed a bit odd. People were saying it was the Palace rumours, but second half of last season... I don't know. The results I don't know. got worse. The the playing got. I'm not saying it is that, but maybe there's a question to be. No, I know. No, I, they, there are. Yeah, well, you know, there are suggestions of that. But then there there were times last season where you know they they spoke about how together the squad was, and yeah. you know, IU used to run over to Cooper all the time to celebrate, and yeah, I yeah. don't know. I think IU maybe like you know each player can have their own relationship, I guess. But like um. Like Conor Roberts got dropped essentially, didn't he? Like eight to ten games for the end of the season when they changed formation. Yeah, yeah, he didn't play that much, did he? So yeah, so. I, ju- I just don't know. Maybe there's more to it. Maybe there isn't. It's just interesting how all of a yeah. sudden yeah, he's gone right. from Grimes is gone to maybe we'll keep him. The other 
two things are kind of linked. So all revolves around Jake Bidwell, which actually has only come out today. So it looks like Jake Bidwell, he's entering into his last year of his contract as well. Uh, as everyone is. Yeah, but it looks like there was there is talks. Apparently they're in talks about extending. However, um, Bidwell, I think, is on a relatively high wage for our squad now, especially now we take into consideration we've got no parachute payments. We signed him two seasons ago where we would have still had two seasons left to parachute payments. They probably were hoping maybe we could have got over the line by that point. Um, so when it comes to new contract now, whether that means like, they, I doubt they'd want to increase his wage. If anything, they want to lower it, I would imagine. The second part of this then is Russell Martin wants new players. He wants a bit of investment, whether that's bringing players in, signing them, or on loans. You need the money for the wages. So it seems apparent, and Swansea Independent are saying that, the club has said to Bidwell, you know, we are talking to you for a new contract, that's fine. However, if there is interest with other clubs and they come in with a decent bid that matches all parties, then you are, you're welcome to move on, essentially, because Russell Martin has said he's not fully involved in his future plans at the club. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Be fair, though. I mean... I I quite like Bidwell actually. I quite I think he's all right. I think he's tidy. He's played well for us. Um, but I think having Man in in there, who I I'd say there's not a there's not a lot between them. There it never has been. There's never been a lot of difference between him yeah. and him and Bidwell. Um, if you know if you know well and obviously we're just speculating. If Bidwell going means that Grimes stays and another one comes in, uh, then I don't think that's a disaster really, is it? No, and in regards to him going and others coming in, yeah, it does free up money. Maybe it goes towards Grimes' contract. Maybe it goes towards players coming in as well. But there's been links. Obviously, we know Ethan Lard, or Led. Yeah. Um, yeah. 90% probable at this point. Russell Martin confirmed he was at the stadium last night and that he would be having a medical. So And they would be discussing how him coming to the club would work, is what he said in his interview. So it looks like he's coming in. I believe he can play across the defence, like across the back. Um, and the way that Martin's in, uh, deploying the defence anyway, he, he, he seems to be making a more quite uh, positionally fluid where he can, especially the ones that are more capable with the ball of their feet. Yeah. So Bidwell, I would say, in terms of the back as well, Bidwell isn't the one that mostly suits the style of football. Cooper brought him in. He suited what Cooper was trying to do. He's not done bad with what we've been doing so far, but I think, like, you could upgrade there. Um, you know, he's just he's just someone that's going to do the job for you. So it wouldn't be the end of the world if he goes. But so yeah, so lads potentially coming in. But we've also been linked with Max Lowe from Sheffield United, who is reportedly looking at coming on loan. Um, so he went to Sheffield, I believe, last summer, but didn't really play loads in the first team in the Premier League, but obviously he was there or thereabouts. He did get some appearances in the Prem. So it looks like we might be bringing him on loan. Bidwell be going. Um, I guess as a player that Russell Martin thinks suits his style Yeah, he, better. he sort of touched on it. He touched a bit on it yesterday in his interview um, after the game on Sky. Uh, I watched it again this morning. Um, he did sort of touch on... So, I can't remember exactly what his words were, but it was like... He wasn't going to compromise on the style of play. He was going to bring in players that fit the mould sort of thing. So, for me, that's touching on he's got players in there that probably don't fit the way he wants to play. Um, yeah. 
you know, not not really, you know, can't really say who it is for sure. But you know, like you said, Bidwell is maybe one of them that he doesn't think necessarily fits fits what he yeah. wants. He's bringing in, he's bringing in Laird, isn't he? Who can play in that position? You've got Manning. Um, he's moving Lata Bodia out to the the other wing back. Um, so it's just a different interpretation. So we'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, and last thing on this as well. Um, one of the people reporting it is saying Middlesbrough is one of the teams interested in Bidwell. Um, Neil Warnock, which I can see that you could probably play in that sort of team, a Neil Warnock yeah. team. Yeah, if they've um, forgiven him for the uh, the penalty last year. Yeah. <laughs> but they are saying two point five million. I'm I, I'm very skeptical. It will be anywhere near uh, that price. Yeah, I think I it would be a lot lower. I think someone else has quoted more five hundred k, which seems not like like not a lot of money. But I think for Bidwell, we had him on a freeze in last year's contract. You know, we can probably replace him within the squad right now, Manning. Um, that's yeah. 500k that frees up for wages or whatever, I think. Wages probably, if it's free transfers or loans, I'd imagine. Yeah, like I said, like... I think, I feel sort of harsh saying I'd be happy for him to go, but because um, he's been good, he's, yeah. been, he's, been, he's been good for us. But like you said, I think if him going means, you know, Grimes staying and like we said, other players coming in, Manning can slot in there and Led coming in. We probably wouldn't really miss a trick. Yeah, you've always got to, you know, recycle the squad and move players on. Certain players you can accept more than others. I think that's could we, just could you, could, you sort of argue, could you sort of argue that, you know, Bidwell as good as he is, and I'm not going to sort of slate him or anything, but good championship player? Yeah. Um, but not good, really. Yeah, yeah, I would say he is. He's been around Solid the championship player. Yeah, solid yeah. championship player in all fairness. I think he's a good player, but um, maybe in terms of you know, if we're looking to go forward, maybe wants to play different football, wants to sort of push on. Yeah. Um, maybe he's one that is on Martin's list to, you know, not not be in his plans sort of thing. But, but again, I'm just, just speculating, aren't we? Yeah. Fair. Yeah, exactly. Right. Let's move on then. Let's move on to the last section, which is, you know, the opposition for next week. So opposition report or whatever. We haven't decided a name on this section yet. We'll try and move anybody, on pretty quick. If anybody has any names for our like yeah. little sections, that'd be handy. Yeah, go Something for it. catchy. We'll be um, full transparency here. We're recording this on Sunday. Lee really wants to watch Tottenham against Manchester City. Yeah. Let's well, keep an eye on West Ham. They bloody they won four two in the end against Newcastle. That's good for my bet. It's carnage. I have West Ham in my accumulator, so uh, I'll take that. Have I had Antonio open? Yeah, I, I was finished now, but I had Antonio in my fantasy team, and uh, he got an assist and a goal, but he missed a pen as well. <laughs> Standard. So yeah, back to I fantasy football. Decent points at it, I guess. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, so let's move on to the opposition for this week. So two games to talk about. Um, I, it's always hard when you've got two games to talk about because you want to sort of like talk about the second game based on what happened in the first game. So I guess we'll just talk about yeah. what we think is going to happen and then maybe one or two changes we might make going into Friday. Um, I think we've got to focus on the home game. That's the biggest opportunity. Although saying that, Bristol quite poor this year. Maybe a relegation scrap for them. I think so. We sort of touched I, I touched on that at the beginning of the season. I think they're going to struggle yeah. this year at Bristol City. And I think they're a little bit... Uh, not happy because we've taken some of their players and we like Walsh and uh, Corey Smith as well. Well, 
they didn't offer him a new contract today, so or and uh, and, uh, and Patterson as well. Patterson was free though; he was gone. Yeah, I know. I think yes, obviously their management of their squad isn't it. But I saw some things on Twitter, like basically Bristol City fans saying that we're just trying to take all their players. Well, is so I is. think it just it just adds it just adds to the game. I can't wait for Friday night game. Just Friday night yeah. after work, Bristol I class. So I think right, okay. I'll rephrase what I said just now because Stoke I think is a hard game. They're doing well. They've had a good start, a win and a draw. But it's at home. That's what I mean. So like, maybe Bristol is the one that. You could win easier based on the current form, but it's away, so you know depends where you wanna where you wanna look at as the biggest opportunity. Would you say four points would be a successful return? Ah, oh, but yeah, four points would be class. Um, but I'm you know I'm like I'm a bit more negative, and I think that it's another hard week. Um, we're gonna have some hard results on the way, trying to sort of play the style of football that we're playing and trying to get new players in. So, right, four points, I'd bite your hand off now, but I. I think it's going to be a hard week. I think. Yeah. Okay. Stoke so are always going to be t- Stoke are always tasty when they come down, yeah, aren't they? Let's look at the Stoke game then, because that is the first one. So, team selection for Stoke. Um, I'll have a look at what they picked now for. What who who's been playing for them? Surridge will be in now, isn't he? <laughs> Speaking of the Swansea curse, right? So we managed to nullify it yesterday. So McBurney and Brewster didn't score. Yeah, two players, two strikers in the same team, and neither of them scored. So does that mean yeah. going into the Stoke game? Yeah, Surridge and Wilmot two nil, and Klukas and Allen. Oh God, yeah, Klukas. Nearly half the outfield players are former former players. <laughs> yeah, Klukas, remember his celebration before? Yep. So anyway, Stoke's line up against uh, Birmingham, who they drew nil nil with. Uh, yesterday. Oh, that's what we didn't do in the verdict. We didn't look at the rest of the championship. We'll add it on to the end of this quick before we finish. Um, yeah, Wilmot played, uh, Surridge played, and Haaland. Oh, and Klukas, all four of them played. All four oh. of them started, actually. Yes, I will, let's we'll enjoy that on uh, on Tuesday then. So they're playing a 5 3 2 formation by the looks of things. Just let me check the other games because they also beat Fleetwood Town in the cup. Oh, they didn't play. They played a bit of a different formation in that one. Three one four two against Reading. First game of the season, they won three two. Three two. Um, sorry, five three two. So it looks like maybe five three two is where they're going to go. So it's quite regular we come up against five at the back these days in the, in the, in the league. This seems to be the way. That's the thing at the moment. Everyone's doing. Wing backs. Yeah. What changes, if any, are you going to make to Swansea squad then? Changes. Uh, I think he will make changes because of a turnaround. I don't know if Norton and uh, Bennett are going to be fit, depending on what in you know injuries are in there. Um, I'd like to see Perot have a start, to be honest, in the league. Yeah. Maybe you know, maybe instead of Cullen, maybe. Yeah, I think play. I think Callan is the one I think definitely needs to drop out. But I don't know. It depends because if Perot's coming on, then you got to put him up top, move Jamal Low into the attacking. But I think it position. suits him. Like Low can't play through the middle on his own. He's not no. a striker. So well, I do think you change like, it. So there's two strikers and then Patterson behind them. Yeah, you could do that. I mean, you could have Low and uh, and Perot up front. Low and Perot, <laughs> like that. 
Yeah, you could um, maybe get a catchy song with the ring to it there. Lone Pro. Um, yeah, that's yeah, that's sort of throw me off now. Yeah, okay, sounds, so sounds like sounds like lo and behold. So you want to bring in Peru for Cullen? Yeah, and maybe you play. Uh, you could either play Low and Perot up front, or uh, with Patterson behind, or you could sort of play what they did on the weekend with Perot on his own up front with Patterson and Low just in behind. So I guess he's, that, that's what I would do. And and I'm assuming that Norton and Bennett won't be fit, so I'd probably not make any more changes apart from that. I from think I think Patterson drops out because. Yeah, only because, um, and Russell Martin spoke about this after Blackburn, he said he didn't do a pre-season because he was a free transfer. Yeah, That's why enough. he's not playing 90 minutes at the moment. Um, and I think he was getting tired towards the game yesterday when before he got subbed off. So I think it's just a quick turnaround Saturday to Tuesday. Maybe he'll play again then Friday. But I think maybe Cullen and Patterson drop out and I would maybe bring in either Whitaker or Dander. It doesn't really matter, I think. But um, I'd like to see Dander... I would like to see Dander have a run in the team to see if he can do it, so we can make a final decision. Yeah, if he can't do I'm... it. You know, he, he he's he puffs hot and cold, doesn't he? So he puffed hot when he was in the team for the Reading game the other day. So let's get him in a team before like it's been too many matches again. Because he came on late yesterday. I thought he could have come on a bit earlier in the game. Um, yeah, I can't even judge him. Yesterday didn't have much time, did he? But yeah. no, I agree. I know I like I've been critical of him. Um, but he does deserve a chance on the new manager, especially if that the style of football is going to suit yeah, him. I think. And yeah, you know, we said before he couldn't play in Cooper's system, so in Dan's defence, right? So it's the same as Selena. Like Cooper didn't seem to like that attacking role behind the striker. He could never get it working, and then he stopped using it. So Selena's gone because he threw his toys at the pram and whatever happened there. Um, and Dander's kind of like suffering as a result of that too. You would think that. He would suit the style of football a lot more. I know. I, the only thing, though, it's like we had Potter come in, didn't play Dander that much. Yeah, but at the Wasn't time, that was like he was still young, his first sort of. Yeah, I know, but he didn't start in that much. Cooper, um, I thought Cooper got the best out of him in the first season. Cooper was here because he scored a couple of goals in yeah. that first season under Cooper. Um, but we were playing then, 4 2 3 1 then. Yeah, but that was probably the best we've seen of him. Um, and then, um, you know, Martin's come in, and it, that's, for me, I said a lot that Patterson went straight in and he was still on the bench the Patterson's day after. Patterson's player, the though, isn't he? He's brought him in. I don't think we would ever bring a Patterson in before, before Yeah, Martin I know, but in. I mean, he would have had, like, some training with Dan, and he's got to make a decision based on that, and it just seems to be that, you know, he's, he's not going to start him. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. I would like, I'd like to see him have a go. He's yeah, I'd like to see him have a chance. Um, I'd like to see him have a chance, to be fair. Still 22, so yeah, yeah. he's got age on his side. We'll see what happens. This is his, this is the season that we will find out, I think, if he's having another season of hardly featuring, he's gone in the summer next year. Surprise if he doesn't go on loan in January, if he doesn't play. He should have had a loan move, really, for him to have well, some more game time. We can't a loan move. We haven't got a team. No, I know not now, but I mean, like, if, if he's not featuring this year, then I would say send him out on loan in, yeah. uh, you know, in January or even sell him. Yeah. Um, depending if then, yeah, if Norton's back, I would bring Norton back into the team, but I would maybe drop Jake Bidwell, put Ryan Mann in on the left. Yeah, I don't I like know. That. I don't know actually. Latavoli did okay, but I still think he looks a bit. He's learning that position. I think Norton naturally is right. Yeah, but I mean, you could put you could put Norton in the back three, 
No, no, you'd have to drop either Cabango or Cooper then, wouldn't you? Yeah. We'll see. And then, well, unless you, play, unless you play Norton, Cabango and Cooper with Manning. I think back I'd have and to keep Cabango in because of the height. Maybe Stoke, I don't know, a bit more physical and stuff, I think. Yeah. Important to keep yeah. Cabango in. But um, can't see any more changes than that, really. Nah. And then going into the Bristol game, I think if Patterson does drop out for reasons I said, he's probably going to come back in, form a club and all that as well. Yeah, we've um, got to play. We've got to play Patterson, Walsh, and Corey Smith. In well, there. I don't know if Walsh and Smith would both be back. Maybe no, one I don't of think them will be. be. I think Smith might, but yeah. I I haven't seen much of Walsh to even know how much he's going to offer. Is he like? We got a lot of we got a lot of players to come back in though. Full, oh, Fulton will be fit for Fulton oh, yeah. will be allowed back in on Tuesday. I think he come. He might. Come, well, I don't think he will come straight in. Actually, depends how fit Downs is, isn't it? Because. Maybe two games in four days or three days is too much for him. Yeah, so maybe Fulton comes in. Game. I tell you what, though, like again, saying about getting excited, we got a lot of players that were missing yesterday. You know, we said Smith, Walsh, Fulton, Ben, Norton, Connor Roberts. They've all got to come back into that squad. So, you know, and if he brings a few in yeah. as well. <laughs> it's just the attack. That's where we got the questions to be answered because I'm not yeah. sure, even if. We can't answer them. The personnel, like we had issues with the attack last year. I don't know if all the personnel is there. We've had Piro in and Kyle Joseph. Now Kyle Joseph looks like it's probably not going to be, you know, he's not going to be played a lot. I don't think he's young. He's like nineteen. He's going to be, he's going to be the Whitaker of last year, isn't he? He's yeah. not going to play. He'll come on now and again, but he's one yeah. for the future. Piro is where we'll see if that makes a difference. But it might, it might necessarily be we need more than just Piro. Oh yeah, we got Patterson as well, I guess. But um. We'll have to wait and see, I guess. Um, but yeah, okay. So let's let's have a prediction then for both games. Oh God! I so, did you, I you said four points in the week, right? I would bite your hand off for for four points. But I'm thinking we won't get four points in the two games. I'm thinking. I don't know. I don't know. Stoke's a difficult one because they. It's just always a bit of a bogey one for us, isn't it? Um, yeah. And Bristol City away. We just we never seem to get much. We always seem to get a draw, don't we? But I take a draw. I take two draws. Two draws. Nah, do you know what? <laughs> we're gonna beat Stoke. We're gonna beat Stoke on Tuesday, and we're gonna get a point. Let's let's go optimistic. Screw it. Let's do it. So what are you saying? I'm saying. I'm saying two one Swans on Tuesday. Okay. Against Oak. And I'll go nil nil against Bristol City on Friday. We score in for you against Stoke. Uh Low and Perot. That's just the saying now. Low Piro. I've said against Stoke, one nil one one one, sorry, draw one all. Um and I think I it's sad because I I I can't under Cooper you'd know who's starting. <laughs> Yeah, that's it, isn't it? Yeah. We but, just um, don't know. I'm going to say Perot for the goal. And then for Bristol City, I'm going to say Bristol nil, Swansea 2. Oof, Oof. Massive. And I'm going to say Patterson. Oh, yeah. I love it. And um, um, Jamalo. 
That's what I'm saying. So I need to tally up our other predictions to see where the table is. I'll do that this week sometime. Um, uh, But quickly, just before we finish the video, we won't dwell on any specifics, but I just want to look at the overall championship. We meant to do this earlier in the verdict, but, you know, Parry were really bad to do in a podcast in order. So we'll do it now. Fulham are gone top of the league. They absolutely smashed... um, Huddersfield. That was uh, that was the standout result for me. We said Huddersfield were going to struggle in me on our table prediction. They got yeah, absolutely and smashed. Yeah, red card as well. Harry Wilson got sent off. Violent contact. Violent conduct. Tackle was a bad tackle. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but, but sent like, off a wheel as well, didn't he? Yeah, but I mean, Fulham went down to ten men when it was three-one, and they yeah. won the two goals. I think Huddersfield are going to massively struggle this year. Yeah, I just and Derby lost against Peterborough, didn't they? So there's another one to highlight there. Derby losing to Peterborough. What was the score in that one? 2 1. I think Peterborough scored really late, though. Late winner. But still, I think Huddersfield and Derby, for me, two standouts that are going to be struggling. Yeah. I, I don't know why. Sometimes. Oh, no, there it is. Got it. Yeah, 2 1. Uh, Peterborough winning. Good win for them coming up from um, yeah. League One. So. I know it's early days, but put some mid-table. Like right now, the bottom three is Huddersfield, Forest, and Preston. You said about Preston struggling. I said Preston losing. Um, Preston struggling. They've lost both their opening games. So who they lose to yesterday? If I'm trying to skim through. Well, we could both be right because we both said Derby didn't mean to struggle, oh, and then I said I Huddersfield. Mm, Hull was a bad result. But yeah, that was the first game they lost to Hull, wasn't it? Four-one. Yeah, but um, they, they lost to the Reading yesterday. But we said, didn't we, that um, we both said Derby would struggle, and I said Huddersfield, and you said Preston to struggle. So we yeah. could, we might not be too far off, but it's early days again. Um, I yeah, don't so know. Reading I... bouncing back from their cup defeat. I know they had their first team back, but um... but it says a lot how competitive this league is because two games in, nobody's got six points. No 100% records in time. No 100% records already. Two games in. teams, though. There's um, 10. Yeah, I know, actually. but normally you'd think like two, three 11. games, four games, someone would have all wins, wouldn't they, usually at the start of the season, but you never get it in the championship. Like yeah. nobody's won two games already. So that is actually right. From first place down to 10th place, they're all on four points. So, the, so the, technically they're all first. This league is ridiculous, isn't it? Um, Cardiff are third. Yeah, they had a good win yesterday, didn't he? Blackpool away. Yeah. All fairness. Luton gave West Brom a game. I think Luton are going to be good this year. 3 2, they lost. And away. Q- QPR beat Hull 3 0. So Hull back down to earth. We said QPR wants to look out for. Um, so yeah, they, they, they definitely yeah. definitely look in. Um, Sheffield United, though, as we mentioned, not a good start for them coming down from Premier League. One point after two games, a, a loss and a draw. Um, but we had Bournemouth bouncing back that we thought they'd be in contention for the league win. Fulham and West Brom as well, all picking up their first win. So, yeah, West Brom, West Brom seem a bit leaky at the back. So they they've they drew two all with Bournemouth and then they 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 won against Luton but still conceded two goals. Yeah. So one to watch. I'm sure they will improve, but they all got new managers, haven't they? So that just as much as us, they maybe in transition with style of play and all the rest of it. Anything else then? No, that's it for me. I think uh, we're, we're well up and running now. I feel it. We're well into the football season now. Yeah. Looking forward to this week. Um, I did launch, well, I say launch, we released 
our predictions. I know it was in one of our earlier podcasts, but if you don't watch all of the podcast, the individual, just I clipped out the section where we did the league table. So that's on an individual video on YouTube. So at any point throughout the season, if you want to see how badly wrong we got it, you can go back and check. Or maybe, maybe you'll be asking us for the lottery numbers at the end of the year instead. <laughs> can you imagine? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's all from me, I think. Nothing else to discuss today. No. I can smell my Sunday dinner cooking, so um, it's getting me oh, quite hungry. Nice. Um, I'll tell you what else I did yesterday. I did a TikTok, so obviously after the match, just I did a quick TikTok of uh, instant thoughts from the match, so it seems to be doing quite well. So if you like that sort of stuff, immediate sort of content, if you like, and it's quick quick stuff to do, a little bit of discussion, thoughts to can, can engage with, then let us know and we'll get some more of that sorted as well. Yeah. But yeah, other than that then, um hope you all have a good week ahead and uh, we shall see you next time. See you soon. Sports Social Podcast Network. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. The match has just finished and you're on your way home. What better way to celebrate that 90th minute winner than a McNugget share box and a few tips with your mates? You channel your inner Ronald as you race to beat the muck delivery home, just making it an injury time. Ordering muck delivery is easy on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.